Welcome to Cathedral of Holiness Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. I am Bishop Dawn R. Brown, Senior Pastor and Founder. I pray that today's message inspires, uplifts, challenges, and more importantly, helps you to make a decision about your spiritual journey. I hope you enjoy the message. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a privilege to be here today. Uh, my name is Minister Dante Moore. Um, greetings to everybody. First and foremost, happy Father's Day to every father. Um, every father that's on the line, every father that can hear this, that will watch or listen to this recording, happy Father's Day to you. You deserve it. Um, thank you to Bishop Brown for having me today and, and you know, definitely dialing in. And we've, we've been able to meet and link up and kind of uh, hear each other's heart and spirit about some things. And so I appreciate you for the invitation and the opportunity. Uh, and just for everyone, testimonies, uh, you know, just it's been a, it's been a time already. Um, I am a minister at Culture Changing Christians under Pastor Carl Day uh, in Philadelphia here. Um, and today I, I, I want to talk a little bit um, on Father's Day um, from the perspective of a son and what that means uh, as it relates to fathers. And I hope that today's message will encourage uh, those who are not only fathers, but those who are looking to be fathers, but also it would encourage all of us as the body of Christ. Uh, I was struggling with this today because it was easy to just like focus on the attributes of the father and kind of preach a message from there. But the, the spirit was telling me, make it a family affair today. And so I, I want to be able to make a family affair out of the, some of the texts that we read. Um, and so the title of the sermon today is When I Was a Son. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to be long. Every time I speak, uh, I always over-prepare uh, so that I can have more than enough room for the Holy Spirit to throw me wherever he wants to throw me. I love that because if I do like one point and just write one point down, I'll be like, okay, so, you know, so I write five points down and probably do two. And so I like to let the Lord use me and, and take me where he wants me to go uh, in the moment. And so everybody that's listening virtually, we thank you for being here. Uh, we thank you for giving your time today. And we hope that uh, you're blessed and edified by the word. I'm going to go back to Proverbs chapter four. I'm just going to work through the text a little bit, and I'm going to hone in on a few verses today and bring that in collectively and talk a little about when I was a son. Uh, Proverbs four, uh, we're in, um, it was verse three. It starts here, and I'm in the uh, New American Standard Bible, NASB, for those who are um, listening. It says, when I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother. Verse four, he taught me and said to me, let your heart take hold of my words keep my commandments and live. Verse five says, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. And then it goes on to talk a little bit more about wisdom. Do not abandon her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. Verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your possessions, acquire understanding. I love this. Verse eight, prize her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Listen, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Verse 11, I've instructed you in the way of wisdom. I've led you up in upright paths. When you walk, 
your steps will not be hampered. And if you do run, you will not stumble. Verse 13 says, take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. I chose this text because this text is a father speaking to his sons. And the father in this text particularly is Solomon, speaking to his sons, uh, probably the two sons that he had, but he's speaking as a father and he starts off talking about when he was a son. I love this because he's sitting here, think about it, right? So Solomon, he, he's sitting with his children and he's instructing them, knowing that this instruction, if they will carry this instruction with them, it will give them life. It will keep them. It will guard them. It will protect them. And there's so much more in Proverbs chapter four that we didn't go into. There's about three different ways that this is broken down. But the first part is about wisdom. And so Solomon goes back, the wisest man to ever live, Solomon goes back and reflects on in the deep reservoirs and deposits of wisdom that he has and reflects on some of the things that he was taught as a son. He says, he starts off and says, when I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, he starts to go into the instruction. And we know the father of Solomon was King David. And the interesting thing about Solomon is even in his instruction, he's teaching his children how to be wise. I, verse, verse, verse three says, when I was a son to my father, tender and the only one, the only son in the sight of my mother. Watch this. Solomon is instructing his children on wisdom while using wisdom. You see, in verse three, Solomon is saying, I was the only son in the sight of my mother. He could have talked about his father being an adulterer and sleeping with Bathsheba and having another child. But instead of that, what he did with his children is said, I was the only son in the sight of my mother. He showed respect to his, <laughs> to his father in the instruction, but still let the children know I was the only son. Before Solomon even teaches his children about wisdom, he shows wisdom. I, it blew my mind. I was like, why is he saying that? That's why I wanted to start at verse three. I said, I don't understand. Why would he say that? But he respected his father enough to, to, to not railroad his father for his miscomings, to not, to not throw his father under the bus to his children, their grandfather, and just said what it was. And then he starts to talk about wisdom. I would venture to say this, and I don't know where Solomon got all this wisdom because we know David wasn't perfect, but we know David was a man after God's own heart. And so David has children and Solomon being one of them becomes the wisest man to ever live. I wonder if some of the wisdom that, that Solomon received was not necessarily taught verbally, but it was looked at as he watched his father and gained understanding. But we'll get there in a second. So verse four says, he taught me and said to me, <laughs> he says he taught me, but he also says some things to me. Again, we just talked about that. So, so David might've taught some lessons to Solomon unknowingly in his walk. David might've taught Solomon some lessons in Psalm 51 when he was prostrate and coming before the Lord looking for repentance. So we're gonna go here. It says, let your heart take hold of my words. Keep my commandments and live. I love this, man. You know, when you, when you look at the text and you start to see things like this, it encourages our souls. 
first point for me is this. When I was a son, I learned how to stay alive. When I was a son, I learned how to stay alive. It says it right here in the text. It says, keep my commandments and live. It's not a threat. It is a promise, though. <laughs> because, see, when we keep the commandments of God, the Father, there is life and that much more abundantly. Right. So 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 here Solomon is the wisest man to ever live, has taken instruction from his father, David, has seen his life, has gained understanding and says, listen, I've lived and I've become the wisest man on earth watching my father. So listen, let me tell you, my children, keep my commandments and you're going to live. It's going it's going to hold you. It's going to fortify you. It reminds me of Jesus. We're going to talk about him because we love him. <laughs> he says, whoever loves me will keep my commandments, right? Verse five, acquire wisdom with an exclamation point. Acquire understanding. It's almost like Solomon is exclaiming to his children in this teaching moment. He's saying, listen, everything that you see here, all of the riches, all of the greatness, all of the vastness, that's beautiful. But listen, if you get nothing else out of this, my son, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. He's, he's hearkening to his children. Please listen to me above all things. You got to get this. Wisdom and understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, Solomon says. You see, Solomon right now is being a great father because what he's doing is he's addressing a family affair. Solomon started off talking about his father, David. He said, when I was a son, he gave reverence to his mother. And now Solomon talking to his sons is about to introduce to them their sister. I, okay. I get excited about family. I don't, I don't know about y'all. I love virtual because, listen, when the Holy Spirit give me something good, I'm going to give it as if we in person. I love family. I love family. And so here's a good father who got some good lessons, and now he's giving good teachings to his sons in hopes that they'll live. So he says this, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Don't forget, don't turn away from the words of my mouth. Hear what I'm saying to you, children. Get this for yourself. Then he says this, he throws a slick one in here, verse six. He says, do not abandon her and she will guard you. Who's her, dad? You were just talking about wisdom. Love her and she will watch over you. Solomon says, listen, Wisdom and understanding, you need to treat her like a sister and understanding like an intimate friend. Listen to me, children. You have to bring these things close to you and make them your kinfolk because that's how you will live. Solomon, being rich in wisdom in himself, says, listen, I'm going to introduce you right now to your sister. Wisdom. You don't believe me? That's okay. Proverbs chapter 7 says it, 7-4. When you get a chance, you read it. And he starts off Proverbs chapter seven the same way. He says, keep my commandments and you're gonna live. And in verse four, he says this, say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your intimate friend. He says that in, verse, in chapter seven. Let's go back to chapter four. Solomon is not playing. He said, this is a family affair. I might be the wisest man to ever live. You might be my children and my heirs and inheritance. You, you I might be the son of David, right? But understand this, 
that I had to get wisdom and understanding to be where I'm at right now. And my dad got wisdom and understanding from his father and his father who all got it from the only wise God. So in all that you get from us, don't get riches, don't get glory, don't get a name for yourself, don't do any of that. Get your sister and keep her close wisdom and understanding. Everything isn't always gonna go your way, my sons, but in everything, acquire understanding and wisdom. Come on. This is a Father's Day message. And I, I like to say when I was a son, because Solomon, it's, it's so much that he has for us. And we can see that through Ecclesiastes and everything. It's so much that he has for us, but he sits his children down one time here out of many, and he's instructing them in the ways to live. He's instructing them that in order for you to sustain your life, in order for you to be guarded, my son, listen to me. If I don't give you anything else, let me give you the keys, which are the commandments, which says, listen, be like your father. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it around to us in a minute. I'm getting excited already. Let me slow down. Verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your possessions, acquire understanding. Man, uh, before we go ranting about that, Solomon says this, all of the stuff that we have, you should spend it all on getting understanding. Solomon, a good father, says to his children, it doesn't matter what you have in your possession, use it all and invest it in understanding. You see, as children, you receive a lot of things. A lot of things come your way. You'll see different situations. Your feelings will, will tell you one story, but the truth about a thing may tell you something else, right? And so Solomon, knowing this, he understands that before these children will be much knowledge. Solomon understands that. He understands that. He says, there's going to be a lot of knowledge in front of you. I get that. But in your knowledge, get understanding. As a matter of fact, Use everything inside of you to invest in getting understanding. Because if you get understanding of the knowledge, then you can use it and apply it and make it wisdom. I'm, I'm just walking it down. I'm making it plain. I'm making it plain because watch this. I, I love going to Jesus because we love him. So Jesus understood this principle. Jesus, the only begotten son, full of grace and truth, right? He, he comes from, try not to go too deep. He comes from the triune nature where there is all knowledge. And in human flesh, Jesus himself, even Jesus himself, invested everything he had in understanding. So much so, he needed to understand the plight of humanity that he wrapped himself in flesh. God having all knowledge decided to wrap himself in flesh for full understanding. That's why the Bible says Jesus didn't think it was a light thing for you to understand how he was equivalent to God. Listen, he didn't think it was a light thing for you to be human. So he wrapped himself in flesh to get full understanding, lived it out and defeated the, defeated the sin and the death and gave us wisdom. Jesus had all knowledge. I'm, I'm just walking it. He had all knowledge, wrapped himself in flesh so he could get full understanding, so he could tire like we tire, so he could groan like we groan, so he could weep like we weep, so he could walk like we walk, so he could live like we live, but in the midst of that, be sinless. 
and he showed the wisdom of God. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Jesus is walking out what Solomon is teaching. Solomon is teaching what David understood. David understood it because he had the heart of God. And the heart of God is there you find Jesus Christ. So, so watch this. The lessons are immutable. They're, they're unchanging. So what David had to learn through his experience, he was able to showcase to Solomon. What Solomon was able to take from David's life, he took it and became the wisest man on earth. What Solomon was able to give to his children and in Proverbs, we're still eating. Listen, they're writing business books in Proverbs right now. In 2021, business gurus are taking principles of Proverbs, which is the wisdom and the excellencies of God and making millions off of it. That's how rich it is. Jesus took all of that and embodied it. So we see here, this, this is really quick. Uh, and I want to go to that point. Remember where, where Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor both with God and man. And I, that confused me when I first became a Christian. Because I was like, how is Jesus God, but he has to grow in wisdom? Shouldn't he have all wisdom? And then I realized that wisdom is acquired when you apply the understanding of your knowledge. You see, Jesus was working that thing out. Wisdom is acquired when you apply the understanding of that knowledge. Jesus was working it out. He was sitting with the rabbis. He was sitting with them as a young type, learning, even though he was the word incarnate. And Jesus was getting understanding. Oh, that's how you see that text. Okay. Okay, cool. Understanding, understanding, understanding. And as he understood, he started to walk it out. How do we know? We'll go to a quick familiar passage. Mary lost Jesus. So where was he? Looking for her son all through the crowd. And where was he? Oh my goodness, Jesus, we left you. Where were you? He said, I was in my father's house. What you think I would be? I got some understanding. And so since I got understanding, I'm just living this thing out. Wisdom. Come on, y'all. Let me go back to the text. I get excited when, when it's time to talk about wisdom and understanding. Because a good father knows that their children will learn from them no matter what the lesson is. Understand this. A, a good father understands that his good times and his bad times will serve as lessons. And if our children are watching us, they will gain understanding. Listen, this is for the fathers on the call. Some of us have felt like we dropped the ball in some areas. And we feel like, I don't want my child to look at me this way. I want to keep the. Let me tell you something. If you are rooted and grounded in Jesus, if he has forgiven you of sin, if you have fallen short of the glory, it is okay. Get back up. Your son needs to see you. Your daughter needs to see you get back up. Because in that is a lesson of understanding where they can have wisdom. Right? Every opportunity is an opportunity to gain understanding and wisdom. Okay? Because, see, as fathers, we have to teach our sons that they have a sister named Wisdom. I'm just, I'm just walking, I'm walking in the text. I told you it's a family affair today, beloved. I'm walking in the text today. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter four. Verse eight, it's getting good. It says, Solomon says this to his sons. He said, listen, I need you to prize her. 
she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Talking about wisdom. Verse 9, he says, she will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Listen, my son, accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. You know, the way Solomon starts talking about wisdom, you would think he was preparing his children to be married. The way he's describing wisdom as a sister, you would think Solomon was preparing his children, his sons, for the perfect wife. He said, well, before you, before you get all of that, treat wisdom in a way where if you love her right, she's going to exalt you. Prize her. If you, if you, she will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace she will present you with a crown of beauty. We got to catch this. The best thing a good father could do is give us the right kind of knowledge that will increase our understanding. The best thing a good father could do is give us the right kind of knowledge that will increase our understanding. You see, because you're setting your sons up, you're setting your daughters up. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to say that one more time and I'll just break it down because we love Jesus. The best thing a good father could do is give you the right kind of knowledge to increase your understanding. Here we go, John chapter 1. Right from here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The, the best thing a good father could do is give us the right kind of knowledge. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's good knowledge. <laughs> so it could increase our understanding and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Boom, here comes understanding. And we beheld. Come on. Listen, the best gift, the best thing a good father could do is give his son is give his daughter the right knowledge to help increase his understanding. Listen, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna walk through it. Jesus, Jesus used to tell the disciples all the time, they never understood. He says, look, when you see me, you see the Father. They couldn't understand it. Their understanding wasn't there. They saw, they heard the knowledge, they got it, but they didn't get it. He said, when you see me, you've seen him. How could that be? Because whatever you see me doing, my father did it. Uh-oh. You know what? I'm going to go there. Why not? We'll just go there. We got a little bit of time. I'm almost finished. John chapter 5. Jesus, you know why they wanted to kill Jesus? You know why the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus? It wasn't because he broke the Sabbath in John chapter 5. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, sure. Okay, fine. But more so, it was that he looked like his daddy. And looking like his daddy made him equal to his father. Y'all, man, see, listen. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say it. I'm going to tell you what it says in John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 18, it says this. It says, for this reason, therefore the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That's, that's what the text says. He was healing people on the Sabbath. He was just following what his dad did. 
he had the right kind of knowledge and understood that that the that the heart of the father was for the poor, the orphan, the widow, the oppressed, the cast out. And so he operated like his father would with knowledge, gained wisdom and understanding. Listen, he had the knowledge of what the father loves. He had understanding of what to do about the issue. He applied it and became wisdom. And the Pharisees saw it and they got upset and wanted to kill him. It kind of reminds me of what Jesus or what Paul says, what he says, the, the, <laughs> the wisdom of God is foolishness to them who don't believe. The teachers of the law couldn't even understand the wisdom of God that was displayed in Jesus Christ as he healed people. We're going to go right back to John chapter five. I'm just jumping because I, I, I want us to understand, and this isn't just a Father's Day message for the fathers. This is to show us how good the Father has been to us to give us true knowledge. The Bible says the fear of the Lord, at the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Listen, he gives us so, the true rich knowledge and hopes that we would gain understanding so that we could walk in wisdom. I'm going to keep reading John 5 because it's a good one. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 19. I know I'm jumping. But it's a point. Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. <laughs> it's good knowledge. Gave him understanding. Jesus said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just, listen, I'm applying the knowledge and I see un with understanding and I'm doing and whatever the father is doing, that's what I'm doing. Wisdom of God. Come on. For whatever the father does, these things, the son also does in the same way. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these. So you will be amazed, Jesus said. He goes on to talk about just as the father raises the dead and gives them life. So the son also gives life to them, to those whom he wishes. Jesus is saying, it's okay for me to equate myself with the father if I'm doing what the father does. The Pharisees couldn't understand that because the wisdom of God is foolishness to them who don't believe. Jesus said, I'm only doing what my father told me to do. Jesus uses the same language, family, in John 14 and says, whatever you've seen me do, you'll do greater work, speaking to the disciples. Jesus had no biological children, but showed the fatherhood of applied knowledge and understanding and wisdom and gave the mysteries of God to the disciples so that they could be just like Jesus. That's why Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And Christ imitates the father and the father is the only wise God. You see, this is a, this, we're building upon something beautiful here. The beauty is that there is no wisdom that is found outside of God, the Father. The beauty is that even Jesus incarnate had to grow in wisdom and in stature. And when he had understanding coupled with the knowledge of God, he was able to then showcase that wisdom so much so that the religious folks wanted to kill him for it. He was able to showcase that wisdom encapsulated and took 12 disciples, one who was wayward, and still gave them that wisdom. And the 11 of them flipped the world upside down. We're talking about when I was a son. You see, it's more than just biology. You see, when you are a son of God, 
you look like the Father. When I was when I was first brought into the faith, people used to tell me, I, I, "Well, we all." I just I'm so glad that people not in the faith. I'm so glad that we're just all God's children. And you know that's a pop, popular ideology and pop culture. And I, then when I started reading the Word, I got upset because the Bible disagreed with the culture. I said, "Wait, well, someone's wrong." And it dawned on me that you're right. We're all children. We're all sons of somebody. But my Bible tells me that there are sons of God who keep his commandments. And then there are sons of disobedience. That's what my Bible tells me in 1 John. So I had to take the word of God above all things, the good knowledge of, of God, apply my understanding to it. And now when I see people talking crazy, I say, they say, we're all, we're all God's children. I say, yeah, you know, God has created us all. That's wisdom. You're right. We are all his creation. We are. And he chooses, you know, some of us to be the elect. And listen, if, we, if we're faithfully following his commandments, we become his sons. Yeah, you're right, brother. The wisdom of God tells me to tell people who are in error, listen, you are a son, just not of, of the father. If you don't follow his commandments, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings, right? Just like Jesus said, <laughs> you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you got to tell the truth, right? Because the truth reigns. So you just, <laughs> you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you got to tell them just like Jesus said, when it came to hurt them, Jesus said, when I wish I had the text up, he said to them, he said, he said, um, he said, uh, to, to, to folks who were trying to hurt him at one point, he said, who is your father? He said, you say Abraham is your father. I'm paraphrasing. He said, he said, you say Abraham is your father, but you sought to kill me. He said, no, your father is Satan. Jesus said that. He's mean with it, man. He's just straight to it. Straight to it. He said, because he's been deceiving and killing from the beginning. That's what your father does. That's why you want to take my life. Uh, Jesus is a bad boy. Jesus is a bad boy. He said, listen, you're not a son of the good father. You're a son of disobedience because you sought to take my life. And he's been killing from the beginning. You're following what your father does. <laughs> You're trying to use worldly wisdom to stop godly wisdom, and it don't work that way. So, so, so here we are. Here we are. Here we are. When I was a son, right? When I was a son, I acted like my father. When I was a son. I learned what I needed to keep eternal life. The wisdom is what keeps us. When we when we work through Proverbs 4, it's too deep to talk about in one in one city. When we work through Proverbs 4 and you see how the wisest man to ever live, who was the son of a man after God's own heart, even though he committed murder and adultery in God's name and in God's place as king. When we see how they were all still honored in the Bible, we realize that it's nothing but the divine grace of God that did that. And it's nothing but the wisdom of God that allowed them to bring themselves to repentance by the Holy Spirit of God. And so they have something that we need. There is a deposit and it is the wisdom of God. So in everything that we have collected and all of our acumen and all of our possessions, use it on understanding. Had the Pharisees taken to heart what Solomon had taught his sons, perhaps they wouldn't have missed the kingdom of God. If, if all of the Pharisees were to take everything that they had, 
and seek to understand Jesus instead of stopping him because he was going against what they thought was right, maybe there would have been more people and more movement of the kingdom while the Lord was here. And so what are we giving? Listen, when I was a son, I learned that in order to be like my father, I had to walk like my father. When I was a son, I learned that even my father's shortcomings, if I could grasp that knowledge and take it with godly understanding, that it would be wisdom for my future. Let me tell you something. Nobody in my immediate household was saved when I came to the Lord. Nobody. I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking truth here. I came from a broken household. I've seen division and divorce. I've seen things that have been broken and the understanding of the scriptures allowed me to put wisdom in my life to fortify myself to move differently in my adulthood. God is looking for us to deposit true instruction into those that are the sons. Sons of God, daughters of God, I'm not gonna use any type of gender, but listen, sons and daughters of God, it is imperative that on Father's Day, we seek the instruction of the Father and to keep his commandments, because I'm gonna tell you something, that's the only way we're gonna live. We will not make it if we stray from the commandments of God. We can't. We can't exist outside of being obedient to the commandments of God because his instruction is not for burden, but it is for blessing. His instruction is to make us bountiful. He doesn't introduce us to our sister named wisdom for us to be burdened by. He introduces us to our sister named wisdom for us to be beautified by, for us to have a crown of grace. Gee, listen, God is looking to give us grace and glory and abundance if we would operate in godly wisdom. That is the Father's gift to us. He gave us Jesus to give us understanding and, of course, propitiation and all of those things. But in that, to show us wisdom divine. And then Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the disciples and opened up the gates of wisdom. What are we doing? When I was a son, I learned that I was also a father. Let me tell you something. I don't have any biological children. This is my last point. I don't have any biological children. But when I became a son of God, I learned that I started to become a father because what changed about me was my instruction was different. You see, I started to sit people down and have intimate conversations about deep things that my biological father never spoke with me about. People would ask me, are you, a, are you a therapist or a counselor? No, I'm just divinely in, in, in tune with the truth of God's word so much so that I can see the humanity in you and know that there needs to be divinity over you. And as a son of God now, I was investing in people like a father figure. Let me encourage you on the line today. You don't have to be a biological father to be a father. If you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, who are you sitting down like Solomon sat down his own and instructing in the commandments of God? 
When I was a son of God, everything about me changed. As a son and daughter of God today, who do we have in our lives that we're investing in and pouring into the wisdom of God? Not just knowledge, but with knowledge, begging them, imploring them to seek understanding and pointing them to the truth of God's word to do so. Listen, I was at a, a, a holiday party with, with employees yesterday, former employees. I was an old supervisor. I was at a Juneteenth party yesterday. And when I came in, I, some of these people I've worked with, others I've managed. Some I had to fire, unfortunately, but it's part of the job. We built a family because on our teams, I always told these people, listen, there's two capstones to our team, family and integrity. It's just something I brought to the job. It's a corporate sphere. Yesterday, it was about eight or nine of us. This is a quick story. Six out of those nine people have cried in my cube. And it had nothing to do with the job. There were deep moments and deposits that were being given even on my job to people who now see me as family and have left with divine wisdom at a secular job. Listen, there's a gentleman who couldn't make it yesterday who was caught up in a love affair and called me and said, I just talked to my dad. He said, call Dante. He'll know what to do. He's not even a believer and I'm not even his father, but his own biological father said, give Dante a call. He'll know what to do. It has nothing to do with me. What I'm telling you is this. He says, D, I don't know how you do it. I said, yes, you do. He said, well, I'm still struggling with the God thing. I said, don't worry, we'll get there. Listen, I don't have, a, I don't have any problem with you struggling with the God thing, but that's not going to stop me from giving you knowledge so you can get some understanding. And when you get the God thing, you're going to get some good understanding to give you wisdom. Listen, I'm not a biological father, but I've been blessed to become a son of God, to learn the commandments of God, to understand the instruction of God. And it's made me glorious in God so that I can give instruction and wisdom to other people in hopes that they will meet the Savior. My encouragement to you is this today. Whether you are a biological father today or not, understand that if there are people around you that you are investing in, Sit them down like Solomon sat down his children. Look over your own life and share truth with grace. Break down deep things in simplistic fashion and beg them to get understanding. And watch that when they walk in understanding, that wisdom will be found. God is honored in that. I can't be upset at my biological father for not teaching me the Bible because what he taught me with his failures is how to be successful in Christ. I'm, 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 I am forever grateful of people telling me, and again, I'm, I'm closing here. I know I'm tired. I am forever grateful of people telling me, oh, you seem like you're so old and wise and sage. No. No, I'm 34. But let me tell you, I have 
this she has duct tape on it right we're pr pray for me D listen what come on i mean i can keep it cute we could do the cell phone thing but when it has that duct tape and the and the good ridges and the everything that's how you know listen i i'm gonna be honest with you and don't blame me genesis fell out it's a lot going on but you know what i got it listen i gotta get it <laughs> I, <laughs> I gotta understand it we went to the holiday party yesterday. They said, man of God. We start laughing. Next thing you know, we singing melodies from heaven. I don't know what was going on, but it was a good time. When you're a son of God, you look like your father no matter where you're at. You cannot divorce yourself from the father. You are who you are. <laughs> so you might as well give good instruction to help people with some good understanding that they might show godly wisdom. Be encouraged today because even your failures, even your shortcomings, even your mishaps could become a lesson to someone. Give God glory in all things. I'm telling you, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. The word today is simple. When I was a son, I realized that at the same time that I'm a son of God, I can be just like the father by doing everything the father does. That's it. So Father's Day for me is a good day. I have no biological children, but I have tons of people that I've spread seed to. I have tons of people that I've invested into. I have tons of people that if they were to grasp the truth, it's not my job to do anything with that seed, but plant it. What do they say? Some plant, some water, God gets the increase. That's it, spread seed. That's right. It's not my job to worry about the condition of the soil. My job to plant. And in that, fatherhood is birth. I want to encourage you all today. That is my word. That is my exhortation. I I I have because I, I'm I'm typically a teaching minister, but when stuff gets good to me like this, I want to wrap that thing up and tell folks that listen, it's not always just about a biological thing but there is a spiritual component to fatherhood. And in that spiritual component, even if you are a woman, you can possess that by depositing and planting seeds and encouraging and enriching people's lives. And the Bible tells us that, that, that wisdom is the prime thing that we should all secure. And so my encouragement and my last words to you today are this, look for three people. And I'm not, I'm not giving you an evangelistic message today. I'm giving you, listen, I, it, one thing that's tremendous, tremendously blessed me is the power of three. Three people above me, three people on my level, and three people beneath. And those three people beneath, they get all of the gems. The three people on my level, we go back and forth and we, we, you know, we encourage each other in the mountains. And the three people above me, I shut my mouth and I listen. And so that power of three, so when I'm giving the gems to these guys, they're like, oh, Dante, you're so wise. You're so, and I'm like, look, somebody's like this to me. <laughs> just, give, just giving it to me. And there's some other folks that I can talk to about life and go back and forth, but there's some folks that get all of the blessing under that. Sprinkle seed, give truth, give wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for this Father's Day. We thank you that you are a good father who has shown us what it's like to be loving, caring, compassionate, honest, and true. 
just in all your ways, wise God. We thank you for the examples in scripture of other fathers, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, to even talking about David today, and even in his shortcomings, how he birthed Solomon. And how Solomon, with all wisdom, is sharing with his children those same truths. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have made us sons and daughters by Jesus Christ. And we pray, God, that as we continue to imitate Christ, as he follows in the example that you have set before him, that we would seek to be more like the Father in ourselves. Allow us to, op to operate in the Holy Spirit and to scatter and plant seed wherever we go, God, that godly influence and godly wisdom will be spread in every place that we are at. Father, we pray that we would be able to advance your kingdom by being obedient to your commandments. We love you and we honor you on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this sermon impacted your life today. So much so that if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus into your life, would you please pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Now guess what? If you pray that prayer, you are now saved. But the next step is for you to get to a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church. If you are interested in becoming a member of our ministry, please contact us at 856-678-6144. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May God's grace be yours in abundance.